Broadcasting from New York, New York. It's Grant's Rants, Hollywood Talk. I'm popping in to share my thoughts on why I'm really into the Salt Lake City Housewives. Beverly Hills gets a four-part reunion we don't need. The view fails on every level, and I'm loving it. In the words of Joy Behar, who is directing this show? Let's go to commercial. And I share the latest on Britney and react to controlling Britney Spears. That and more now. Let the ranting begin. It's just me, myself, and I on this episode. I wanted to give you some type of an episode uh, in the middle of my move. I mentioned it in a previous episode and on Instagram um, that I'm having to move apartments, and I'll get into a little bit of it, but basically, I want the, this podcast to continue. I have not been able to live my own life in like the easily the last, uh, I'd say, like month and a half. Um, it's just been ridiculous. I've had so much stuff to deal with, and I don't want to get on the podcast to complain, but I'm just going to be very honest with you that I'm just very, um, just very spread very thin, uh, is probably the best word to put it. Like, uh, I still have the dog here full time, working full time. I'm split between two apartments, paying rent to two apartments, moving at an epically slow pace. I'm literally carrying a box at a time. And, uh, you know, it's just been a, a lot financially to be able to carry all of this. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, just being straight up with y'all who are listening. Um, I have been in and out of it mainly out of it because I've just been working so much on everything. And, you know, you move into these places and you want to make them your own. You know, you want to kind of make some adjustments. These are old apartments. So, you know, how much do you invest? How much can I DIY? You know, so uh, it's it's been good overall like it's going in the right direction but i just need like the big expenses to be behind me so that's kind of where i'm at the last thing i've been able to do is really podcast but i, I had the, the good fortune of doing um zach peter's podcast no filter last week and um i believe i did Jacques peterson's podcast at some point uh or did he do mine i, I don't even know um it's been a lot and i'm just trying to you know keep my head above water and i'm not quite above the water line yet but um, I want to talk about a few things because I'm sitting here as I'm not sitting, but as I'm gathering my belongings and, you know, moving into this new apartment, I was like, I've got some stuff to say. So I want to say it. I want to be able to get into it and I want to share it with you. Um, things have been happening, you know, in pop culture that I have an opinion on and Twitter stuff just isn't enough. So I can't wait to get my life back so I can get into the show again. I can't wait to be able to go out and just kind of plan my day because um, it's just been like, you know, survival mode, crisis mode, moving mode, work mode. So, you know, who knows when I'll get back to myself, but I, I hope that it's within the next month, please. But all right, enough of that. Let's get into it. If you wanted to see uh, the some pictures and video of my apartment, mainly pictures, I posted this over on Instagram at It's Grants Rants. This is my first New York apartment, the first one that I'm leaving, uh, unfortunately, just due to a 30% rent increase. And yes, I did try to negotiate. I've had I've had to be like a Philadelphia lawyer these last two months to, to get out of the old apartment situation. Well, not I shouldn't say get out of it because there's nothing to get out of. I just did not renew my lease. It was too expensive. But I, also, I tried to negotiate it and used every tactic and tool I could find. And then to get into my new place, they gave me a lot of trouble with the dog. So I had to really 
get involved, doctors involved, the housing and urban uh, development office. Um, it's been a lot. And uh, I'm exhausted. But anyway, I said we're going to move on, so let's do it. You know what I'm really enjoying? The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I will say the show is doing it for me. I know it's not a favorite, but to me, and I, I wonder if you agree if you're watching, this show represents old school housewives to me. The pacing is slower, and I feel like I'm seeing more of a home life. They're building their characters, which I really appreciate. It reminds me of original seasons where we're seeing, again, the home life, but where the family dynamics, like, for instance, like Mary Cosby, like we didn't even see her. I don't think she interacted with one housewife. She was just talking about renovating her home. We saw a scene with her son. You know, she talked about a couple of different things going on in her life. Like, I like that these women can stand on their own. And it's different than Beverly Hills where there's permits and themed parties and events and locations it just seems more put on and there's just more of an authentic factor in how these episodes are shaped with Salt Lake City in my point of view some may say it's boring like I didn't need to know about Whitney Rose's sex life but okay all right you know I'm learning about her family I just like that it's less put on there's not a fight of a week fight of the week situation but you still get your drama with Jen and um I don't know. I'm kind of into Jen. I, I just feel like I'm when she's on the screen, I want to see what she has to say. I'm sure she's putting her foot in her mouth every week, or she should be. I don't know if she actually is, because someone like her doesn't have much you know, social grace and you know cannot read the room. But I think she should be a little ashamed of what she says and the jokes that she makes, and it's just odd foreshadowing. I guess the right word is um, it's uh, like uh, ironic, some of the things that she's been saying. So that's probably the best term for it. But yeah, I mean, compared to Beverly Hills, Salt Lake City seems to be much more of a reality show where Beverly Hills is like an unscripted drama. And um, I guess that's the difference. Now, Beverly Hills is getting a four-part reunion. I I'm never an advocate for these. I do not think it's necessary. I think three parts is pushing it. Um, packages that come on are sometimes just like, look how zany and crazy Kim was this season and we're gonna get the same thing with Kathy and you know an update on like Sutton's living situation Kyle I'm sure will tell us that she went on another vacation oh yeah she did the peacock vacation um so I just don't understand the four parts especially if it's only going to serve as a vehicle to and you know what I'm going to say to build this up for Erica and to give her this masterful large platform for her to be able to spread lies allegedly and um i just don't know if we need to tease people along for the first three parts teasing them with the bait of will erica acknowledge the hundreds of victims uh that her husband uh you know basically screwed over and that she's really in my point of view spit in the face week after week social media post after social media post spit in their face so i don't know if we really need to promote like is erica going to acknowledge the victims i i just don't think it's going to happen you know andy's over there everywhere that he can go trying to promote the fact that she, she answered all the questions i talked on zach peter's podcast about her look for the reunion i think she's trying to look very innocent maybe ba very baby doll um, I'm not buying any of it. You know me at this point. Like, I'm not falling for anything this one's given me. She's not going to play the victim. She's just not. And uh, the the two of them, I think, are just um, questionable. 
at best. I don't see any contrition from her, but now did you see this video that came out this week? A video of Tom walking around, looking very out of it. Um, the reporter asking if Erica knew, and he looks very confused, but he also made sure to get in the fact that I think she did. That's what he said, something along those lines. I believe that was the quote. I think she knew. One of the paraphrasing here, you know what I mean? And, um, hmm. You know, I think she's guilty personally that's my point of view uh but i'm glad that tom took the opportunity to say something because it definitely got a stir of things stirred things up but i don't believe tom for a minute i think he's an evil man i think uh he is playing the game and putting himself away in this facility or the family is putting him there as other articles have alluded um, a radar online article said the facility that he's in is eight thousand dollars a month so that's a lot of money to be spending when you owe so much money to other people. Who's who's paying this money if he doesn't have it? But that's how much those facilities cost. I mean, they are expensive to, to live in a, uh, you know, I hear about them all the time. It's not a retirement community as much as it's like assisted living, uh, I imagine. So, yeah, a um, lot of money to be spent. But I thought he was living in the house of Pasadena. So who's living there? Did he fight a burglar? I, I don't understand this. Um it's probably a late, the latest development is they probably put him away because it probably will look good that, you know, he's like, you know, not well with it. I don't know. He didn't look good in the video, but the two of them, they both need to keep their mouth shut. I mean, where are these people's lawyers, really? Um, so now I couldn't get over this. They announced the four-part reunion on The Tonight Show, and then Erica tweets underneath it. She responds to it or retweets it saying, now what would make it four parts? Me. And I think that really is absolutely disgusting. And I am like, I mean, I just can't get over it. Other podcasters have said, well, yeah, that's that she's the season. And yes, she is. But like, we're, what are we celebrating here? You know what I mean? Like, and this one with the ego, again, keep your mouth shut. Yeah. All right. So yeah, Erica, let's let's talk about it. So yeah, you were the center of the story this season, and it wasn't because of your charity work, okay? It was because of all these alleged crimes. I don't know, they're not really crimes, so you know what I mean. There are all, all this money you, you and your husband owe people. Whether she owes it or not is up for debate, but I just look at this, and I'm just like, okay, so this is the Erica show, and you're just, you're here starring in it. And I think it's again falls in line with her having no contrition, no remorse, no sympathy, and just another bad look on her part. And there are a lot of Beverly Hills super fans out there, and they agree. Like this, this is just like not a good look. I said it before. I think people are realizing, specifically the cast, that public opinion is not in favor of Erica. And I think they're having to course correct. And you saw people like Lisa Rinna on Watch Trappin's Life really dial it back. She still was, you know, very team Erica, but she said they'd have to have words if it was a lie. And she did a little dancing, not the exact same thing that she was saying and doing on the show. Now, to her credit, the show is now, what, like nine months old? Ridiculous. So maybe she's, you know starting to question some things but um yeah i think erica looks terrible and that's all that's all i have to say about that really let's move on speaking of looking terrible this i could not keep my mouth shut i should have made this the the leading story on the show the view oh my god i don't even know where to begin kamala harris as the guest these women are out there 
ready to go, ready to have us. They were promoting this from a week before. They had all the lights dim on the set. They're going, you know, like they had that voiceover. Come on, like uh, Vice President of the United States Kamala Harris joins the ladies at the table to answer the tough questions. And there was a lot of lead up to this. And usually these are their Emmy episodes, you know, where they have on like you know Obama or a big name, and everything has to go perfectly. And this is why they're quote-unquote, named the most influential political TV show, according to the New York Times. And this was just the wrong day for this. Two of the co-hosts, we saw them escorted off, Sonny Hostin and Ada Navarro. Apparently, they tested positive for COVID. And then it was the way that it was handled. First of all, the executive producer needs to be fired without pay. I'm just going to say it. This guy, Brian, seems like the most namby-pamby, weak-minded guy to be hosting this, I mean, to be producing this type of show. I think he must just get walked all over. You know, these women definitely, you know, stand in there, what they believe is their truth and are very aggressive. And I don't know how you run a show like that without being equally aggressive as a showrunner, without being walked all over. He's telling the audience he's on mic. He's saying that they're going to remove them, but oh, they'll be back, and it's just a tease. Like, that to me is so irresponsible. That tells me that you know nothing about what's going on on your own set. Like, you have no idea what's happening. It's incredible to me that that's what he would say. At least have the knowledge and then make the proper call. Just say, you know, we're going to ask them to step off. We'll, We'll update you accordingly. That's it. Or... Go to commercial. Instead, they left Joy, who's quick on her feet, but they really left her twisting in the wind. She's then ready to invite the the (laughs) vice president on. And then you've got someone off camera, off mic, yelling, screaming, no, no, you can't invite her on. And so then they just, then they were like, "Uh, we're going to go to commercial. And then they took questions from the audience. I was hoping that someone, and there were a lot of people that work on these sets, no one could get these audience members a microphone within that first act of taking those questions. You've got people with muffled masks on, screaming questions that Joy can't hear. They're the most generic questions. I joked with a friend of mine, I mean, we'd be asking all the real dirt because these questions couldn't have been vetted, you know? They they needed any content they could get. So I would have asked about Star. I would have asked about Barbara. I would have said, what's the status with her? Have anyone seen her? She's allegedly having her birth. Not allegedly. It's her birthday. But um, questionable at best on what happened to her. But of course, I want to know about like, you know, are we going to have Elizabeth on? They're doing these guests guests on Fridays, you know, um, from View Past. I want to know about that. I want to know if anyone's talked to Rosie since she moved to uh, California. So I don't know. Missed opportunity. But, I mean, this was a total disaster, and there was a Daily Mail article, an exclusive, that called it a monumental failure, which is an understatement, if if it could be. Uh, ABC, there's an insider uh, from ABC that said that uh, they basically, if the show created a national security risk with these positives. Now, are they false positives? That's what Anna Navarro said for herself on Anderson Cooper. Um, I guess we'll get more of the story. But I don't know how you show up to work tomorrow as that executive producer, as the executives in charge of this show. And this is not a daytime talk show. This is a news program. It is under the umbrella of ABC News. And you've got the vice president there who they had to you know, sequester in a room but via video link. What a waste of everybody's time. And I know it's a live show. Things happen. But this, 
is a lot. I mean, as a producer, to just let your talent twist in the winds like that and have no plan, no backup plan, you know, no, like, no timeline either. What a waste of the vice president's time. Um, it's just, I, I think it did create a national security risk. I mean, we hear about these COVID protocols and I can speak from experience that SAG-AFTRA has incredible uh, strict uh, rules in place for these types of things. There are different zones on how many people you come in contact with. That's how many times you have to get tested. I mean, th these, these tests are costing these shows and networks a lot of money. And we've now been in this. And The View is like one of the last ones to come back to the studio. So I don't even give them any credit for that either uh, as far as them being the last and still figuring it out. Come on. You know, these are big shows. This is this is not an independent YouTube show. This is a network news show. So, I mean, I really don't see any excuse for this. A false positive is very, um, like, lousy and who wants that? But, I mean, seconds before the vice president comes on, you're going to get the results? Like, who is directing the show? Who is producing the show? I, I just had to rant about this because I just think it's just absolutely awful. And I really don't see how they're going to get around this. And I, I imagine they will treat it as a huge joke, which is even more insulting to um, the victims of COVID, specifically Sunny herself, who her mother and father-in-law died of COVID. So I hope that they don't go on TV and say, so what happened on Friday? What did I miss? Um, and then I'm wondering... A listener of the podcast wrote to me and said, do you think they're going to go back to doing this virtually? And I'm wondering that too, because I feel like the hosts definitely put up a fight to do this virtually that, you know, they don't want to go into the studio, but in doing so that puts a lot of people out of work. The bottom line is they don't need to have people in the studio. They don't need to have so many producers on set. Um, you know, we're talking even union folks. So it really, it's a, it's a studio show and they, they, there's an executive producer paid a lot of money to figure it out. And I think this guy, uh, I don't know, maybe it gets a new season. So I'm sure they're all locked in new contracts, but they're always in favor of the network. So I'm wondering if they should just let this guy go. They need somebody else in there. This is truly, I mean, the headline is a monumental failure. How do you come back from this? And I don't think just slapping someone on the wrist is enough. People have been fired for way less in this business. There is a conspiracy theory uh, that basically it was teased throughout the week. Well, not really teased, but Sunny was saying throughout the week she had a lot of hard questions for Kamala about Haiti and that whole disaster. And uh, truly, absolutely, it's a total disaster. Um, and then obviously Anna is, you know, a quote-unquote Republican, but uh, maybe she was going to ask some tough questions. But let's be real. Would they pull them for those I don't know. And those questions were pretty much asked by the other two. Of course, they were, you know, lobbed a little bit more as softball questions, but they were asked nonetheless. Um, I don't know if they would go through all that, though. You know, that makes everybody look bad. And let's be honest, I think that the questions would have already been vetted by the vice president's team, White House communications. Like, if that was the if that was the problem, they just would pull the questions. And they'd say, um, why don't you ask Kamala about like her book or something like that? I mean, I don't think they're going to do that to those co-hosts. But, you know, maybe people are, you know, who knows these days what the deal is. But, yeah, The View, uh, another shameful day, a day for the history books. Um, so much to say about The View at all times. I have the longest standing feud from the early 90s when it started or mid 90s. I have had a feud with the show. 
I will give them some credit, though. The podcast Behind the Table, the first episode with uh, Meredith and Joy was quite good. Now, the second episode is with Sonny and Sherry Shepard. I don't know if I care enough. I don't know if I care enough about Sherry to be bothered to listen. Anyway, let's move on to the last thing I want to give my two cents on uh, this controlling Britney Spears documentary. Now, I put on Instagram, I think these companies need to stop cashing in on these documentaries. There's a CNN one tonight. Ronan Farrow appears to have popped up in it. That added a little bit more um, like legitimacy to it for me. Not that it's illegitimate. I just feel like I, I, I don't need anything else. I need to hear from Britney. We need to see how this case is going to develop. It's all been said. She's the subject. Like, there's been a lot of talking heads about her, myself included, on this podcast for years now. Like, it, we're kind of beyond that point. And then the Netflix documentary, I feel even worse about. I'm like, why? What is this? Who are we talking about in this? You know, apparently the hook with this Netflix one is there's going to be some um, leaked paperwork, leaked motions or whatever, filings. And... um I don't know. I'll I'll look at it because I, I want to I want to be informed, but like it's it's getting to be too much. There's a lot of people cashing in on this story now, and a lot of quote unquote experts, and you know all these channels popping up. I mean, I get them in my YouTube recommended like daily, like three different recommended channels dedicated to talking about Britney's case, and it's like, well, where were you in the last twelve years before this one? So. It's kind of a lot. Um, I don't know, but this New York Times one was better than the first in my point of view. Um, there was a lot going on. They talked a lot about her security and uh, her medical plan. They were um, investigating Free Britney and they were going to rallies and taking pictures of people and like surveying them. And that to me is crazy. I've been to a couple of these, including the first one where they showed pictures. And I remember like looking around. I didn't, I wasn't there in the beginning. I came maybe like a half hour into it and it wasn't very long and it was only, you know, it wasn't very many of us. I think it was under 30 and my, how it's grown. But, uh, because now we've got like hundreds of people around the world, which is incredible, actually showing up, standing in front of courthouses with signs and flags. And I mean, all the credit goes to the fans, and and I will credit Britney's now lawyer. I mean, he's really doing the work, um, and Britney herself for just somehow surviving through all this. And um, I just thought it was really odd. I mean, a, a listener of this podcast, a good friend of mine, was in one of those pictures they showed, and she even said she was like, "It's scary to see like your picture on TV with a target on it." Like, I I imagine it was an effect, a filter, something in the edit, but. Odd. I was one. I wonder who took those photos. There was one reporter from Entertainment Tonight, quote unquote reporter, please, and he was across the street. And I remember he was taking pictures, and I was like, "Ooh!" I turned away because I was like, "I don't want to be in these," because um, I didn't know where they were going. And I was like, "What is this? Like, is because at this point we were all told that we were conspiracy theorists." So I was like, "I don't need my face and whatever this guy's doing," and uh, I didn't feel the need to jump in front of a camera either at that point. But I just wonder, like, um, who was taking those photos and what they expected to gain? Like, I was there in, like, a pink shirt. Okay, what are you going to do? Like, I didn't have, like, my ID out. I didn't give you my driver's license number. And we were peacefully protesting in front of the West Hollywood City Hall. So 
I don't know. The whole thing is freaky, and it's just, it's an intimidation factor, I guess. Although they didn't let their presence be known, but um, too little, too late. It's all out of their control now, and it was um on Hulu and FX. I highly recommend it. I was angry through the whole thing because it's just like you're watching someone that you care about just have all their rights. And allegedly, I'll say just to protect my own ass, but like, you know, you're watching and listening to these interviews and you're just watching someone you care about and you're hearing about basically she said it herself. It's almost it's almost like human trafficking to the point where. She doesn't have her own cell phone. She cannot contact the outside world. The other iCloud, allegedly, the other iPad has an iCloud that is mirroring what she's doing. And, I mean, on one side, they could say, well, she's, they're doing this so she doesn't get hands-on drugs. On the other side of things, there's a line. Allegedly, it was mentioned in this New York Times documentary, there were hours and hours of recording from her own bedroom Again, there comes a point where it's too much. And not only that, but it is illegal. It is illegal to record someone without their knowledge, specifically in the state of California. So um, there's a lot going on. September 29th is the next hearing for this. And the goal is, and this Matthew Rosengart, her lawyer, is smart. The goal is to get rid of Jamie, obviously. Jamie keeps toying with everyone that he wants to terminate it as well but not until everything gets in order how he likes it but they've got to get rid of him and then they can slowly get rid of the conservatorship but there was an interesting twist in this because it came out if they get rid of jamie and they appoint a temporary conservator this could be really bad for jamie this is a tweet from a lawyer christopher melcher over on youtube another one but you know he's a legit lawyer in california this is the tweet he said a temporary conservator can expose the secret communications between jamie and the conservatorship attorneys in the britney spears conservatorship over the last 13 years so all types of communication can be exposed because it will now be transferred to the new conservator so that means Jamie is probably having three and four, I'm just joking, but sh shredding machines going. I mean, digital trails last forever, sir. So I hope that it all comes to light. This case is going to go on for years. The investigation alone will uh, just take so many twists and turns. But I think that they're really in for it. And I don't know how you get out of it, unless if, like I said, he is looking for immunity. And... Uh, he should not receive it because just from what we've heard, if a quarter of what we heard is true, it's crossed the line. And I question the legality of the whole thing either uh, as well. So controlling Britney Spears, I do recommend it. It's on Hulu and FX. It's available now. It is good. It's worth the watch. Um, the Netflix one, I'll, I'm just going to be cautiously optimistic. Again, I'll look at it. And then the CNN one, I feel like that's just going to be more, um, like, a, I don't know, it's just more like commentary about it. And I just don't know how much in-depth investigation. I think it's going to be more of like, here's what we know here. Here's what has been presented to us. Um, you know, Ronan wrote a piece. He did some research. What do you want to say about it? Um, I don't know. I'm just like less inclined to care about that one. But that might be like a background watch. Well, I hope you enjoyed this. It's been about a good 26 minutes. And um, I just enjoy being able to to do this, to have a little part of my life back, to be able to 
kind of care about the small things and to give you guys something to listen to. I really appreciate you guys who still stick with the show. Uh, I wish I could do it more. I say this all the time. It's just been a tough time. And I'm looking for podcast recommendations because I'm doing a lot of listening as I uh, am cleaning and moving in and packing. And um, I can't wait to get to the other side of this. So if you have any recommendations, let me know. I need a little bit of a pick-me-up, kids. As always, I'll be back with more rants. I love you so much for listening. Later. This has been Grant's Rants. Follow Grant on Twitter and Instagram at It's Grant's Rants. Cover art created by Howie Rone. Original theme music by Alexander Artson. The Grant Michael Collection.